0: and Welcome to Adventures in Security, Episode 8 for January 8, 2006. I'm your host, Tom Olzak. This is a weekly podcast published each Sunday evening sometime before midnight. You can also find most of the information covered in our sessions at adventuresinsecurity.com. If you're interested in commenting on what you hear or about topics you'd like us to talk about, please send email to podcasts at adventuresinsecurity.com. The purpose of this podcast is the exploration of security management, including the crazy things people try to do to each other and to themselves. The featured topic for this episode is securing instant messaging. We'll take a look at the challenges facing organizations in which instant messaging is becoming a preferred method of communication and how you, as a manager, can mitigate the risks associated with this medium. But first, let's go to our first segment and review some of this week's news. We'll start with predictions for 2006. Okay, okay, I know you've been bombarded with enough of the doom and gloom of the attacks to come, but this is a little different. I've put together an overview of the major changes in attack vectors and how that may affect your security programs, If you find that this is just another year-end rambling airtime filler, go ahead and let me know. I can take it. The first change in attack vectors is the move from worms to Trojans, rootkits, and targeted attacks. Organizations are doing a good job of protecting their networks from email-borne threats. This is causing some issues for hackers, and pressing your friends is getting harder so attackers are turning to surgical strikes and the use of your employees to infect your network. Trojans and rootkits are often downloaded as part of free software or other online offerings. Trojans masquerade as innocent applications while performing malicious acts against you and your business without your knowledge. Unlike rootkits, Trojans are easily controlled through the use of up-to-date antivirus protection. RootKits are part of the ever-growing problem of spyware. A RootKit will hide itself within one or more of your network-attached devices. You won't be able to see it in folder or directory listings, and traditional antivirus applications aren't able to protect against it. RootKits typically intercept operating system calls and execute the code the attacker incorporated into them. This often results in your sensitive information being transmitted over the Internet to a central repository managed by the rootkit's owner. Phishing is also a growing problem. It isn't used to just obtain the personal information of your employees. It can also be used to obtain sensitive business information. And finally there's social engineering. Although phishing is a type of social engineering it's only one part of what is probably the biggest threat to your organization. Today's hacker is more interested in obtaining information he can use to generate personal revenue than impressing his friends and other hackers. Maximizing profits from stolen information is possible only if you don't know your network has been compromised. The number of organizations with intrusion detection and prevention systems installed is growing at a fast rate. This prevents most electronic attacks against lucrative targets from going undetected. The best way to get around these defenses is to go straight to your employees. A simple phone call to one or more employees who have received little or no training in security awareness usually results in compromised user IDs, passwords, or other information the attacker can use to obtain valuable information. Your defense against these new attack vectors consists of two activities. First, ensure you protect your network with up-to-date antivirus anti-spam, and anti-spyware software. Use a layered approach to deploying these safeguards. Start with your network perimeter. Placing anti-spam and anti-spyware appliances behind your internet firewall will catch most of the malware attempting to take up residence in your information infrastructure. In addition to filtering email-borne malware, these safeguards can also provide you the ability to block certain types of attachments known to harbor viruses, worms, trojans, and other forms of malware. It will also automatically prevent your users from visiting websites known to distribute software harmful to your network. Next, ensure active protection of your email servers. Not all malware will be caught at the perimeter. Since email is still one of the biggest threats to your network security, make sure you continue to look for malware at this message staging point. Moving to the next layer, deploy network intrusion detection and intrusion prevention devices to look for network activity indicative of Trojan, Rootkit, or other active system infections. This layer might not stop an infection, but it'll let you know your network is compromised. Armed with this knowledge, you can take steps to protect your critical assets. Now we move to the final defensive layer. Protect your servers and end-user devices through the use of personal firewalls, anti-spyware, antivirus, host IPS, and host IDS solutions. The aggregate effect of deploying these safeguards is twofold. First, known attacks are identified and removed. And second, suspicious activities caused by unknown attacks are detected and either blocked or reported to appropriate security personnel. The second defense against emerging attack vectors is employee awareness. Employees should at a minimum know not to perform any of the following activities. Download any software not authorized by IS. Click on any pop-up ads during internet sessions. Turn off desktop protections such as firewalls, antivirus, and anti-spam. Exchange files through email or other means, such as instant messaging, with anyone whose identity has not been verified. And provide information to callers unless the caller's identity is verified and the caller's need to know is confirmed and approved by the relevant data owner. We can also look forward to the rise in the use of mobile devices this year. In a paper published in 2005, I described the challenges facing managers trying to protect their networks from users of PDAs and smartphones. Now it looks like another vendor is trying to provide a solution to this problem. McAfee released its new Virus Scan mobile product this week. It disinfects files, emails, text messages, attachments, and downloads. It also protects against attack over one of the biggest threats facing wireless handhelds, Bluetooth. According to McAfee, VirusScan Mobile is supported on certain Microsoft mobile devices. McAfee's website has a complete list. The price of about $30 isn't bad, and you can obtain updates as new threats are identified. You can read more about wireless handheld device security by visiting the papers page at adventuresinsecurity.com. The final change in hacker strategy, instant messaging attacks, is so important, it's the feature topic for this episode. Instant messaging, or IM, is becoming an attack vector of choice. Bypassing perimeter and email security, it provides a path directly to end-user devices provided by end-users and in many cases, made possible through the actions of your employees. According to a Gartner research paper entitled, Beware the Inherent Risks of Public IM, Matthew Kane, David Smith, and Betsy Burton list the following vulnerabilities associated with an open IM company policy. First, dissemination of personal or confidential information. If the information shared over IM connections is not filtered, There are no restrictions on what your employees can send out unprotected over the Internet during chat sessions. Second, lack of encryption. Public IM is not encrypted. Any files transferred over this medium are subject to capture and compromise. Third, IM client vulnerabilities. The client application, like any other application, is often vulnerable to attack due to security bugs in its code. Attackers can exploit these vulnerabilities to attack your entire network. Since most organizations have no systems in place to manage IM clients, managers often have little or no control over these risks. Fourth, spam for IM, or SPIM, is on the rise. In a recent Gartner survey, 29% of respondents said they received SPIM messages. Like spam, these messages can contain malware. And finally, malware. Email is the most popular attack vector for malware. However, the advances in technology and the increased vigilance by businesses have begun to deny attackers this path into internal networks. So malware distribution is moving to IM pathways. For example, worms may propagate by using an infected workstation's IM contacts list. Facing these risks, what can your organization do to protect its information assets? One way to solve this problem is to block all IM traffic from passing through your firewall. But this probably won't go over too well with the user community. After all, IM is emerging as an aggressive competitor to email as the preferred method of communicating over the Internet and within many organizations. And it's the responsibility of managers responsible for security to act as enablers. In other words, provide an environment in which employees can use those tools which optimize their productivity Without compromising enterprise security. An alternative is the development of public IM policies and employee awareness training. Policies and training should encourage the following behavior, retrieved from Microsoft.com. First, be careful downloading files in IM. Never accept, open, or save any file from any source that has not provided adequate identification assurance. Second, Make sure to use an updated copy of your IM software. Staying current provides the best defense against security vulnerabilities in various software releases. Third, be careful when you create a screen name. Screen names should not provide any information about your true identity. Fourth, create a barrier against unwanted IM by not listing your contact information in any public internet directories. Fifth. Never provide sensitive personal or business information. This includes such things as employee information or protected health information. And finally, never open pictures, download files, or click links and messages from people you don't know. Policies and processes should also enforce management and IS compliance with certain standards and guidelines, including Deployment of intrusion detection and intrusion prevention solutions, both network and host, to help prevent infection and to detect infections that have already occurred. Implementation and management of up-to-date antivirus and anti-spyware solutions at the desktop. The review and strengthening of current firewall rules and the use of proxy servers where appropriate. Consistent enforcement of IM policies and staying educated and aware of IM threats. The addition of IAM policies, standards, and guidelines to your security program is a good start, but this approach relies on the vigilance of your workforce. The human factor introduces errors into any risk management effort. There are two approaches to reducing vulnerabilities caused by human error or malicious activity. IAM firewalls or management servers and internal IAM servers. IAM firewalls and management servers sit behind the firewall that separates your internal network from the Internet. IM traffic is examined and depending on the product deployed configure the following capabilities. Real-time threat protection using both anomaly and signature analysis. Gateway services providing protocol compatibility with both public and private IM services. Public services include providers like AOL, Yahoo, and Microsoft. Private services consist of a server on your network providing IM services to your employees without the need for passing unprotected traffic over the internet products such as IBM Lotus Sametime and Microsoft Live Communication Server fall into this category another capability is mapping IM identities to corporate identities an example of this is making a logical connection between a public AOL IM account and an enterprise active directory account Logging of message traffic to assist with policy compliance enforcement is another helpful way to protect your environment. And finally, reflection capability. This allows the network or messaging administrator to force internal routing of internal IM traffic that isn't required to cross the Internet. In other words, two employees in the same facility using an IM service shouldn't have to route their conversation over the public Internet. This is not a complete list of considerations, but it provides enough information to start asking the right questions. Another alternative is the implementation of a private messaging system. As I discussed earlier, private services consist of a server on your network providing messaging services to your employees without passing unprotected traffic over the Internet. This is a good solution if your employees never use IM to communicate with customers, vendors, or a mobile workforce. When this is the case, a hybrid solution may be the answer. In a hybrid messaging implementation, an IM management device integrates both public and private messaging into the same infrastructure. If you need the additional functionality of a private conferencing and messaging product from companies like IBM and Microsoft, as well as employee access to public IM services, the implementation of a feature-rich IM management solution may be the answer for your organization. Regardless of what approach you take to protect your information assets from the dangers of IM attacks, you need to include an IM risk assessment in your 2006 security roadmap. Well, that's it for this week. And uh, before I sign off, I want to apologize for the slight degradation and quality of the episode this week. Um, my, my, my production mic had... Uh, decided it was going to take a vacation. And so I had to uh, drop down to a, uh, a less capable microphone. So hopefully we'll get this corrected in uh, the near future and get back to uh, a, uh, a better mic that I personally enjoy much better. And I know you will too. Well, I hope we were able to make your life a little easier. Until next time, be careful what you click.